Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Wednesday, the 10th of November. New South Wales has officially hit the 90% double vaccinated milestone. It comes as the state yesterday recorded four new COVID deaths and 222 new infections. While New South Wales continues to reopen, there are concerns over a growing number of COVID cases in regional areas like Moree and the Hunter. New South Wales Health Minister Brad Hazard says the vaccination rates are an incredible achievement and will keep residents safe and businesses open. Who would have believed back in uh, February this year that uh, the community of New South Wales would uh, answer that clarion call to get vaccinated, put their arms forward in such great numbers? Meantime, Queensland is edging closer to a major vaccine milestone, with almost 80% of residents in the state now having their first COVID vaccine. Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk has revealed the state's roadmap of living with COVID and what freedoms double vaccinated residents can enjoy. Queenslanders have done a great job keeping the virus out of this state, and it's going to come. And the way we are going to minimise the impact on families is for families to get vaccinated. But the Premier has announced the government will enforce tough new restrictions on unvaccinated Queenslanders and we'll have more details from our reporter in Brisbane shortly. In other news this Wednesday morning, a manhunt is still underway after a horror fatal hit and run in Melbourne. A road worker was killed and another is now fighting for life after the crash at Carrum Downs. Here is Detective Acting Senior Sergeant Jared Dwyer. One was uh, hit head on and they were the one who suffered the fatal injuries. The second road worker was thrown to the side of the road and one of the Good Samaritans dragged them from the road. The driver reportedly fled the scene but not before a witness was able to take a photograph of the alleged suspect which has now been released by police. Meantime, a critical incident investigation has been launched after a man was fatally shot by police in Western Sydney. Officers were conducting inquiries relating to an outstanding warrant at a home in Seven Hills when they say a man approached them armed with a knife and an axe. A fight broke out inside the home with the man shot by police. He died a short time later. Inquiries are continuing in the WA town of Carnarvon into the alleged abduction of Cleo Smith. It comes as calls continue for the WA government to use the $1 million reward as a much-needed financial boost for the local region. Here's WA Premier Mark McGowan. I don't think people will say, I'm not going to visit Carnarvon now. I don't really think that that would be uh, an attitude that is pervasive in Western Australia amongst anyone, tourists or otherwise. Uh, Carnarvon's a great town. It will continue to be a great town and we're putting a lot of support into it. And the Prime Minister is today set to unveil a $1 billion innovation fund aimed at supporting Australian green businesses. The Low Emissions Technology Commercialisation Fund is reportedly set to target early stage technologies that help Australia move towards net zero. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground to Queensland and the state will impose tough restrictions on unvaccinated residents from next month or when Queensland hits the 80% double vaccination target. As Brisbane reporter David Shiraz explains, it comes as new freedoms will be unlocked for others in the state as early as today. Good morning, Tash. That's right. Queenslanders are hoping today is the day we finally crack 80% single doses because when we do, the indoor mask mandate we've 
we've all become used to will finally be scrapped. As for other freedoms, while we're being promised those come December 17, or when the state reaches 80% of those over 16 fully vaccinated. What it means for the unvaccinated, though, is they won't be able to head out to pubs, restaurants, music festivals or stadiums in the Sunshine State. Their freedoms will be limited. As of yesterday, 79.5% of Queenslanders had received at least one jab. And to WA, and the state government says it will adopt a number of key recommendations from a bombshell report into the death of a seven-year-old girl at a Perth hospital. Our reporter, Emma Griffiths, has the details. Tash, 30 recommendations from an inquiry into Ashwarya Ashwat's death will be adopted and acted on. The seven-year-old died from sepsis in April after waiting two hours in the emergency department at Perth Children's Hospital. The inquiry has uncovered significant issues with staffing and treatment, but family spokesperson Suresh Rajan says it's a corporate document and her parents are hoping for answers from a coronial inquest. You know, how much we have now spent, how much we have now put in place, what additional resources we've committed to is it was very much around those procedural and management things that really didn't tell me why our daughter died. While Health Minister Roger Cook says it's clear healing continues and trust needs to be rebuilt. The report makes 30 recommendations. All 30 recommendations will be accepted and acted upon immediately. Now for latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. The Seek Employment Report is out today showing double-digit growth thanks to restrictions easing. Yeah, look, it's some good data. October saw the highest number of job ads posted on this site in their 23-year history. And nationally, job ads jumped 10.2% month-on-month. Even when you compare, say, October 2021 with October 2019, job ads are still up by 44%. And look, it, it is a combination of the lifting of restrictions of the two largest employment markets. So you've got New South Wales, you've got Victoria, they've opened up, and you've also got businesses now going to, you know, go into what will hopefully be a bumper holiday season. Now, in New South Wales, job ads increased by more than 20%. In Victoria, the growth was 16.3%. And the roles that really took a turn were obviously the hospitality and tourism, but also trade and services saw a rise of 7.5%. Now, the challenge, of course, Tash, is for employers to fill these spots. We know border closures have brought on a skill shortage, putting employees now in the driver's seat, and they're being able to actually demand greater pay packets. Now, these numbers, of course, come ahead of the official job numbers that are out tomorrow, and most economists are expecting a lift of around fifty to 80,000 in job numbers. But because the participation rate is expected to increase, and that number reflects how many more people are entering the labour force after, say, being stood down, the actual unemployment rate is expected to increase. So CBA has forecasted this rate to rise from 46 to 4.7%. And Effie, this is an interesting story. Bunnings and Office Works are to join flybys just in time for Christmas. I love this little pun, but there is a snag. Yes, there is a snag, and it's got nothing to do with those sausages that are outside <laughs> Bunnings. Look, unfortunately, at this stage, I don't know if you've noticed, Tash, but there's not much detail around the earn rates. So typically you earn one flyby point per dollar spent, so when you shop at Coles, Kmart or Target. However, flyby earn rates can differ amongst their partners. So if you take a look at, say, uh, Shell's Coal Express, you just get one point per $2 spent. 
So it'll be interesting to see what actually comes out here. And 8 million members, that's how many flyby members there are, won't know until December. That's when they, they'll launch this with Bunnings and Officeworks. Um, look, either way, though, it is good news. As members have long questioned, why can't they get points at Bunnings and Officeworks? I mean, after all, Flybys is owned by Coles and the retail conglomerate West Farmers, the parent company of Bunnings and Officeworks. So it makes complete sense. What we do know at this stage is that bunning points will initially only be available with in-store purchases. You will be able to redeem your flyby points on the Bunning gift card, though, through the flyby portal in early December. So, look, some more details to come, but overall, good news. Do take care, though, because your flyby points can expire if you don't collect or redeem them at least once a year. So I think a trip to Bunnings once a year is an absolute necessity here. More than once a year. Thanks, Effie. <laughs> Sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett. The NRL continues to defend its vaccine policy. So, just how many players are still refusing to get the jab? It's actually believed to be fewer than 25 players who are still hesitant or flat out refusing to have a COVID vaccine at the moment. Now, this will cause chaos for those clubs who do have those players because they'll have to either be separated or, in the case of the Melbourne Storm, not train or play at all. Uh, Andrew Abdo, who's the NRL chief, believes they're striking the right balance. I don't think there's anything soft about our policy. Just because we haven't made it mandatory doesn't mean we're not strongly supportive of vaccination. So I mentioned the storm. One of their stars is still refusing to be vaccinated. That is Nelson Asofa Solomona. Uh, their club chief, Justin Rodsky, says time is running out. He has this week to make that decision uh, and then it starts to obviously impact his, his pre-season and his training. Still on the storm and Cam Munster is in really good shape after a four-week stint in rehab. He's already back training and the storm say Tashi is in a positive mindset. And Brett, the curtain comes down on the career of one of our most successful and beloved tennis players. He is a superstar. Yes, Dylan Alcott says Australia is setting the standard when it comes to disability in sport. He will hang up the racket after next year's Australian Open where he's chasing his eighth title in a row and he's told the project this is only the beginning. I wouldn't be who I am and it's not me, it's we. It's my family, my team, the Australian public broadcasters, like, you know, we've just created a juggernaut together and it's going to go down all around the world. It's something that's all all around the world. Wilter tennis players go, wow, like, that's ridiculous what happens in this country. And let's hope he can add one more grand slam to his uh, impressive resume, of course. Was a wheelchair basketball player going to the Olympics as well and then just dominated uh, tennis over, you know, many, many years. Incredible athlete. And an Aussie cricketer, Brett, has taken a cheeky dig at former test captain Ian Chappell. Usman Khawaja is hoping to get back into the test side. He's had a few chances and Ian Chappell believes it's time to move on from him, but there's no doubt he is the informed player in the Sheffield Shield and he does average 96 as a test opener and that's the position that he might uh, fill if he is selected for the Ashes. He smacked uh, Chappelle's criticism over the fence for six yesterday. Yeah, Chappelle will have his opinions. He's have to, you know, as a player, just concentrate on things you're good at. I mean, Chappelle's not even the best player in his family, so if I've got to take advice, I might take it from his younger brother, maybe. Yeah, talking about Greg Chappell, who he is uh, worked closely with over the journey. In the WBBL, uh, the Heat have moved up to second. They beat the Sixers. The Strikers defeated the Thunder by 18 runs. Love a good sledge. Thanks so much, Brett. Thanks, Tash. 
And an 11-year-old from Mackay in North Queensland has been recognised for her extraordinary bravery after saving her six-year-old relative. Madison Jennings rescued the little boy who was unconscious in a pool last month just in time for adults to perform life-saving CPR. Here is Robbie Medlin from the Queensland Ambulance Service. It's the seconds that happen before we're there that make the difference. And every one of those seconds counted and every one of those seconds added up for us, which really ended with a great outcome. Well done to Madison. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. 